Hi there, everybody, and welcome to Hail to the Podcast, a podcast by Redskins fans, for Redskins fans, for those of us who have been hailing through the thick and thin. I am your host, Andrew Alex, a sports reporter here at ESPN Radio in the great city of Blacksburg, as well as 90.7 WUVT. The Redskins, folks. We went into week one. We had a lot of questions. I had a lot of questions going into the game, obviously, right? There is always a certain amount of uncertainty that comes into any regular season. We know we know what we have, but we don't know exactly what we're going to get from them. And, and week one serves as an opportunity to have some of those questions answered. And I think that if you watch the game, you'll know those questions were answered in a very positive way. My first question, the first question that we all had, first question that we all had, can the Redskins pick up a week one victory? The Redskins were 0 and 4 in opening games under Coach Jay Gruden. And on Sunday, they went down to Glendale, Arizona, at the stadium that used to be called the University of Phoenix Stadium. Now it's called State Farm Stadium, and boy, did they win. A 24-6 victory for the Washington Redskins, a dominant performance. So the answer to that question was yes. But how did we get there? Our next big question, right, was how is Alex Smith going to look? Redskins have a new quarterback for the first time in a couple years. Alex Smith coming in and taking over. How's he going to play? Well, week one showed that Alex Smith is a guy with all kinds of talent and all kinds of potential. Smith, in his Redskins debut, was precise. A 255-yard, two-touchdown performance. And let me tell you, the best part, no turnovers. No picks for Alex Smith. And for a fan base, for a Redskins fan base, that saw Kirk Cousins throw five interceptions in the final six games of last season. That's including multiple interception games against the Giants, three interceptions against the Giants, two against Dallas. That's got to be a breath of fresh air. Smith, he just looks so good out there, man. 13 consecutive passes completed in a row at one point, spreading the ball around to six, seven different receivers. The use of Jordan Reed, the use of Chris Thompson. Alex Smith showed us, Alex Smith showed us exactly why Doug Williams made the decision he did. And that was the decision, of course, and and controversial to some, to trade Kendall Fuller and a third-round pick. Kendall Fuller, one of the rising stars on the Redskins team last year, to bring in Alex Smith. And here's what I think. Alex Smith has got a lot of talent. He showed that on Sunday. What was our alternative? Had we not made that trade? You go, you get an A.J. McCarron, a Tyrod Taylor maybe, that's the best you're going to do. You trade up in the draft, you lose picks in the future, so you can sit on a guy like Josh Rosen or Josh Allen, who might very well be an elite quarterback in this league one day. But not today. Doug Williams this winter looked at the Redskins roster. He looked at the weapons they have offensively. He looked at this defense that we've built from within. And he said, it's time to win now, and Alex Smith is going to be the guy to do it. And his performance on Sunday against the Cardinals showed just exactly what the Redskins' new quarterback can do. Smith is happy to be there, and, you know, despite, despite everyone's criticism on Jay, how he didn't play him enough in the preseason, I think Alex came out week one and looked about ready to go. Two touchdowns, no turnovers, over 66% completion percentage, a phenomenal game in the first game 
for Alex Smith. The second question, another big one on my mind, what Jordan Reed were we going to get? Because as we all know, we know what Jordan Reed can do. And the question was answered, at least for the short term, on Sunday. Boy, did Jordan Reed look good. And that question was answered quick, right? The first play, of, or the second play of the game, I guess. A 17-yard pass from Alex Smith to Jordan Reed. And you just you hear that, you see that. And I'm like, I've been waiting so long to see Jordan Reed catch a reception. Because quite frankly, a lot of people thought you might never see Jordan Reed catch another ball in a Redskins jersey. You didn't see him do it during the preseason, right? He sat out the entire preseason. The question marks were there. But we saw the Jordan Reed of old. And let's be honest, folks. You know, four catches, 48 yards. The play of the game for me, the play on the goal line, where you see Reed extend his body to get into the end zone for the touchdown. And you think to yourself, A, what a weapon that you had. I mean, the Redskins have weapons all around, maybe. But when you're a defense trying to, you know, keep the Redskins out of the red zone, keep the Redskins out of the end zone, I should say, and you have to worry about this monstrosity of a former basketball player who looks like he could just get up and just, you know, dunk on you, that adds an entire new element to the Redskins' offensive attack. Jordan Reed, the way he played, and it wasn't that spectacular of a performance, but it was a reminder that this guy, when healthy, He's in a class with Rob Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey, as the best tight ends in the NFL. And if he can stay on the field, you're going to see a whole lot more from Jordan Reed. And I'm talking 2015 numbers here. I'm talking double-digit touchdowns. I'm talking a guy who, if he's sitting on the waiver wire in your fantasy league for some reason, you might want to consider picking up. Because Jordan doesn't look like he's lost a step. A Gronk-esque performance from Jordan Reed. The third question, for me, it's centered around the running backs. You draft guys, you lose guys. You got Chris Thompson coming off an injury. You add Adrian Peterson as what some fans thought would be a stopgap fill at running back. Well, Chris Thompson, for one, didn't disappoint. I'm, I, you know, I'm willing to say that Chris Thompson might be the most electric third down back in the NFL. Five carries, 65 yards. Six catches, 63 yards. So that's 12 yards per touch. Think about the running game here. He averaged 13 yards per carry, right? 65 divided by 5 is 13, give or take. Most of the time when a guy averages 13 yards per carry in a game... It's probably because he broke a 50, 60-yard run and then had 70 yards on the game. The rest would have been mediocre. Not Chris Thompson. 13 yards per carry. His longest run was just 16 yards. That means literally almost every time the Redskins put the ball in Chris Thompson's hands out of the backfield, he's going to pick you up at least 8 or 9 yards in that game. So whatever questions were looming, around the return of Chris Thompson. You see that speed. You see that. It's it's like the Energizer Bunny out there. It's like when something goes, you know, when the offense slows up, you can just dump it off to number 25, and he's going to not only give you a chance to get a five, six-yard gain, he can turn every play into a touchdown. 
He has that kind of speed. Little guys get lost out there on an NFL field. And Chris Thompson's quickness, his elusiveness, his vision, he hasn't lost a step. And for a Washington Redskins team that, when they were at their best in 2017, had Chris Thompson at the center of their offensive attack, to see him come back the way he did, that's got to put a smile on your face. (laughs) Now on first and second down, again, the biggest question mark has got to be Adrian Peterson. And boy, did he have a game as well. Peterson over... Like, what was it, 90 or 160 yards of total offense? 160 yards of total offense. His best game in years. Save maybe one game with Arizona. In the NFL, between the fans, the coaches, the executives, the pundits, from Chris Mortensen all the way down to my lowly self, there's a tendency that people start to just live in an echo chamber. What everyone says goes. It becomes common knowledge. And it had become common knowledge, perhaps, that Adrian Peterson was done. But with the performance I saw today, you see an Adrian Peterson who is years removed from his last injury and who, it, in his mid-30s, can still play in the NFL. And for a Washington Redskins team that hasn't had you know, that much of a running attack since Alfred Morris's breakout rookie season back in 2012, when I guess you could partner him with what RG3 could do on the ground. The combination of Thompson and Peterson has potential to be a game changer for the Washington Redskins. And maybe, just maybe, you have to think that Peterson's woes with the Arizona Cardinals were because he was running behind a decimated offensive line, and that his lack of production with the Saints was just the fact that he might not have fit into a scheme that included Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. Adrian Peterson did a mile better than I could have expected him to do in week one against his former team. Another question, though. We talk about what was the biggest issue, folks? When we were going into the draft, when we were talking about the draft last year, why did we pick Deron Payne? Why did we pick Deron Payne instead of picking up a guy like Derwin James, a safety who may have been higher on the overall boards? It was because the people in the front office knew what the Redskins' biggest problem was, and it was because they had the worst run defense in the NFL the year before. Boy, did that change on Sunday afternoon. You're testing your run defense, and who better to test it again than a guy like David Johnson? A guy like David Johnson, a running back who put up over 160 yards of total offense last time he faced the Redskins in 2016. Remember, he didn't play last year because of the hand injury. The Redskins hold him to under 70 yards of total offense. Less than 40 yards on the ground. Less than 40 yards on the ground for a running back who is going number one in fantasy drafts last year. The number one pick in last year's fantasy drafts. Probably a more number four or five pick, but a weapon, you know, one of the best in the NFL. 
Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen were pushing that line back. We're create when and when you can clog the middle like that. You know, we looked good when we had Jonathan Allen last year. The Redskins looked good when they had Jonathan Allen last year. The more, the merrier. Deron Payne is an absolute monster. Tim Settle is a fifth-round pick who is getting quality snaps in this defensive line rotation, and he's making the most of them. And that opens up things for a guy like Matt Ioannidis to get his first sack of the year and look like he's picking up where he left off when he was playing with Jonathan Allen in the first half of last season. It opens up things for a guy like Ryan Anderson to also get his first sack of his career. The Arizona Cardinals, now, granted, we just talked about this, right, when I was making excuses for Adrian Peterson. The Cardinals don't have a good line, so we can't take this performance from the people of the middle as some godsend fact. But at the end of the day, that is the improvement that you wanted to see if you're a Washington Redskins fan. What other questions did we have, folks? A big one. Who would the Redskins let go this year? Kendall Fuller. Quentin Dunbar. Two-thirds of a secondary, a starting secondary, that was one of the better in the NFL last year. Management made a decision to go with a guy named Quentin Dunbar and say, this former wide receiver, undrafted guy, converted into a corner, has been with the team for years. He is our number two cornerback this year. He didn't disappoint either. The interception will stick out. A key interception at that. Three passes batted down in one game for Quentin Dunbar. That is a performance and a half for the Redskins' new number two corner. And it sets up plays for guys like Josh Norman for the safeties to be able to do better as well. My last question didn't go as well. How's Josh Doxson going to do? How are the rest of the receivers going to do? Crowder and Paul Richardson give you good games. They give you good... They give, you, they give you good production in a game where running backs were getting the running backs and tight ends are getting the vast majority of the receptions. A good look on the part of Paul Richardson, who it's not going to be his game. The Redskins didn't go deep very much. They didn't have to. They were controlling the clock. Alex was doing the short pass thing, and he was doing it very accurately, and, and that sets up things for Jordan Reed, for Chris Thompson. So we didn't get to test Paul Richardson on any deep balls, but he caught the balls that were thrown to him. You know, a good performance, four receptions, 40-some odd yards. Crowder gets 30 yards as well. Doxson, one reception for 11 yards. He drops, you know, he had three targets. I don't want to say necessarily dropped. I can't put that on him just yet. But for a guy that's supposed to be your number one receiver, a little bit underwhelming. We'll see how he can do against a Colts secondary. That's going to be playing a lot of cover three. But overall, you look at the performance that this Redskins team put on on Sunday afternoon in Arizona. And it's something that you have to be ecstatic about if you are a Washington Redskins fan. A little solo action today to recap this. I'll be back on Wednesday or Thursday 
to preview the Colts. The Washington Redskins are 1-0. Not 0-1. And they are in first place in the NFC East. It's just one game, folks. It's just one game. It's against an Arizona Cardinal team that we all may have expected to beat, but it's shutting down one of the most prolific running backs in the NFL, in David Johnson. It is playing pretty well against a number one corner in Patrick Peterson, a guy who has been dominating for six or seven years. It's not letting Chandler Jones cause too much problems on your in your passing attack, Chandler Jones being the Cardinals' D-end, one of the best in the National Football League. It was a team win. It was a dominant win. It was a game that almost never seemed to be in doubt. And for a Washington Redskins team that did not look good in their dress rehearsal against the Denver Broncos, it is an impressive performance, to say the least. The Redskins are 1-0. And boy, am I excited to see what happens next. So we're going to wrap it up. We'll have another podcast in about two days. Two days. We will get you... I'm actually going to bring in a guy to preview the Colts. A Colts expert will talk about Indianapolis, Andrew Luck, all of that. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter, this podcast, at Hale2. Hale, the number two, the podcast. You can follow myself at Andrew Alex Radio. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast. If you like the Redskins, here's what you're going to do. You're going to, and you like this podcast. I'm not necessarily going to say everyone's going to like the podcast. Take out your phone. Text it to some of your Redskins fan friends. Maybe they'll like it as much as you do because, you know, the momentum that this podcast has gotten in a very short period of time, I got to say, Redskins fans, y'all are are amazing. Let's spread the love, and let's get another win on Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts. I'll be back before. Until then, hail to the Redskins.